Hello there, and welcome to Fixing the Sequel Trilogy, the Writer's Room podcast dedicated to fixing the Star Wars sequels. This month, we've put together our best ideas for Episode 8, and we're throwing them out into the world. I'm Bryce Quinn, and I'm joined by a spiritually and physically defeated man, Carmelo Keating. Yeah, that, that checks out. Um, I'm pretty tired this week. You know what? I actually wrote that intro before you came home last night and we're at like cloud nine. Yeah. So I kind of have to redact that one. No, that's fair. You're I, feeling great. I am. No, I am feeling great. I'm, feel, I'm tired, but like feeling really motivated and really satisfied. Had a massive project over the weekend. Yes. So, and it went really well. I'm also joined by my second favorite unemployed person, Sandra uh, Carrion. Yeah. Hell yeah. Wait, who's your first Me. Favorite? Himself. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Still looking for work. Here we go. <laughs> yeah, you'll be fine. We've been quietly tinkering on some new ideas for the sequel trilogy, in particular episode eight, or our version of episode eight. We each have a loose collection of notes that we'll be presenting and discussing, and we're a little more familiar with each other's work this time on account of how rowdy it's getting and how crazy the pitches are getting. I don't know if they're that crazy. There's going to be a chairs thrown in this episode, <laughs> and we don't even have any. Where you, would you like to begin? Well, I'd like to begin with a little disclaimer. If you look at okay. the context... Uh, go and listen to every other episode we've ever made. No. Uh, <laughs> you could listen to episode 30, which is the... We Fix. We Fix the Force, Force Awakens. Awakens. Yep. Well, I feel like that's a really good intro yeah. episode to this show. Absolutely. That's our, quote, final uh, treatment of episode 7. Yeah, well, it's, uh, it's our current treatment of episode yeah. 7. That we're, and we're still working on that one. We've got some ideas we... I'll be oh, throwing yeah, out We're going to retcon sure. stuff today. We're going to go back and do some rewriting already. Um, things we've figured out. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so what you're going to be listening to today is we're each going to pitch our ideas for episode eight individually, and yep. I think that's just where we get started. I also thought it'd be fun to start with the title. Oh, Because we have yeah, yeah, an yeah. idea for a title, and as I said in the intro, it is, it's getting a bit rowdy. Is Bear it, with us on this one. Is it that one? Yes. I'm showing Bryce a note. Yes. Yeah, cool. I like that one. So right now, we've got episode eight, Lord of the Underworld. Which is very hardcore. Yeah. It's very doom. Very fantasy. It's very fantasy. Yeah. yeah. I like it. Um, it's slowly growing on me. I'm still not sure about it. Um, I was thinking also potentially Lords, plural, of the Lords. underworld. Yeah. But it's, we're, we're messing uh, with it. And we can detail the train of thought there. We were, we'd been toying with the idea of like something similar in a way to The Phantom Menace, but yes. like less of a goofy title, I yeah. think. Um, because I I hit the guys the other day with one was straight up just the looming threat. Yo, the, yeah, that was terrible. <laughs> uh, no, 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 just straight up just the underworld. Yeah, you know? or the underworld. You yeah. never get those single, t- single word subtitles in yeah. Star Wars. Um, mm. but we are also talking about this like yeah, there's this underworld, but there's this this figure. Yeah, and you've never seen Lord used in in a Star Wars. It's title. true, even though they have like Lord Vader yeah, and, and Lord shit. Sidious and stuff. But mm. and I think it it follows the trend of having the second movie in the trilogy be that darker tone, mm. Attack of the Clones, and then in particular Empire Strikes Back. Yep, uh, feel that ominous kind of sense of dread or sense of like impending battle or yeah. impending uh, violence. And for reference, um, I think we were. By the end of it all, we were still happy with The Force Awakens being The Force Awakens. Yes. I yeah. think we like The Force Awakens. I think we've got to do a little bit more work to make the title stick. Yeah. But I think it's such a fantastic title for Episode Seven and what it yeah, can mean it that does. we haven't really felt a strong need to go away from it yet. Yeah, I think but. it works too well just in like... M- referencing multiple different things throughout yeah, the movie that exactly. it, like, it, it feels like it fits. It's a good title. Yeah, and then uh, ideally, same deal here. Lord of the Underworld has a few different meanings. Exactly. So. Anyways, that's the title we're kind of working around right now. Um, Emelo, you've requested to go last. Yeah, if that's right. No, I think no, mine's no a bit not. just, it feels a bit, I think it'll be a bit lengthy. So Yeah, right, I've got right. a pretty short uh, beat sheet here, which I've now incorporated some of the ideas you've thrown out, Sandro. So oh, I can jump in. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm stealing from you. Okay. Because well, it, no, it, it helps like lock things into place. Okay, well, me. I mean, that makes sense. I mean, in that case, then do you want me to go first? Sure, if you want, yeah. Uh, I mean, if you're still in stuff from me. Yeah, I am. Um, and I'm, <laughs> I'm probably comfortable because I'm just, like, a lot of mine's written. I know, like... You're just recounting the, the same... There's some retcons sort of... 
come coming from you guys, but like mine's pretty much coming straight off the back from the We Fixed the Force Awakens yep. pitch. Go for it. Alrighty. Episode eight. We start with Finn and Chewie investigating Kajimi. Now, Kajimi is the planet from Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. I'm a big fan of Kajimi. I thought it was maybe one of the planets that stick, stuck out the most. Um, I like that it has like this very like Nepalese mountain like sort of structure. Ball. Yeah. yeah. Um, except I want to expand on it a little bit. So I on the planet of Kajimi, I'd like it to have what we've already seen, but I would also like it to have a semi-Coruscant kind of underground to mm. it. Nothing like quite as deep, mm-hmm. but definitely a very densely populated underground full of mercenaries and all sorts of shady characters. Also on Kajimi, I would like to see like a Kyber mine. Mm. Now, uh, I'll get to that Kyber mine in a second. So, uh, Finn and Chewie investigate Kajimi, which is currently blockaded by the First Order. They meet up with a contact, Poe Dameron. Mm. Poe is a resistance fighter who is hiding in the underworld of Kajimi, trying to rally support against the First Order blockade. Yeah. Resistance, but still operating outside of the bounds of the New Republic, yeah? Yeah, well, Resistance yeah. is, yeah. like, That's Leia's what we're thing. implying, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, I was also thinking that Resistance maybe also just in broad strokes, like, he's just not cool with the blockade and he wants yeah, to get true. rid of it. Yeah, true. Or maybe he's, like, yeah, yeah. local. Yeah. yeah, I'm just saying that because we never actually defined a name for no. what that group would be called. Oh, I, I pitched for the Resistance. resistance yeah. yeah, I'm pitching something else. But Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> At the moment, I'm just working with Resistance. Yeah. Yeah. It's, like, it's what we it's got. It's familiar. Yeah, yeah. Um, so on the other side of the galaxy, we see Ray training with Luke. I'm thinking, uh, similar vibes to how we see it in the last Jedi, except Luke being a much more willing participant to train Ray. Yeah. Uh, Ray's prior experience with Ben leads her down similar trains of thought. Mm. And this concerns Luke gets him a little uneasy. Moving on to Ben. I want Ben to find out that Ray is a force child. Um, and Ben's motive during this film is to convince Ray to join the dark side as a dyad. I'm thinking that he'll reveal that Ray's a force child around the second to third-ish act. Um, how he finds out about this, I'm currently unsure. I'm thinking from the First Order. I know Bryce has a very interesting pitch coming up, though. The First Order in this film are heavily occupying Kajimi, as I previously mentioned, because it contains a Kyber mine previously owned by the New Republic, a.k.a. Hux. The lack of supplies from the First Order's occupation on Kajimi has led to citizens struggling in the streets, being kept in line by troopers. During this, the underbelly thrives as the mob boss of Kajimi, the Gendai, has made a deal with the First Order. I'm imagining somewhere through, like halfway through the story, that uh, Rey leaves her training to help her friends on Kajimi, and Luke, rather than stopping her, learns to trust in the Force rather than push against it. Whilst on Kajimi, I'm, I have this scene playing out in my head where Le- Rey gets lost in said Kyber mine and finds her very own Kyber crystal mm, yep. through a sort of Dagobah-esque yep. challenge within the mine. Now, does she, in your mind, succeed in that challenge? Because Luke failed mm. in the cave on Dagobah. I'm imagining it playing out later in the film because I want her to succeed in, cha- in said challenge. And that is why the crystal decides to reveal itself yep, to her. Cool. I want her to be playing more with like the darker thoughts within the first quarter, first first half of the film. And it's learning to overcome that is what um, brings the crystal to reveal itself. I had some thoughts about the theme of the film. I thought it would be interesting to have the theme, theme be centered around destiny and having 
why destiny shouldn't control or define you. Mm. Ray is told she is inherently of the dark side, being a child of a forced child of Sidious, yep. and learns to reject this. Finn feels destined to be constant, constantly set in this role as a foot soldier, firstly for the First Order, now for the Resistance. Yeah, right. And yep. decides to become a leader. Um, and then our change maker. Change maker. And then our antagonist Ben believes only in following easy answers under the illusion of destiny. So he's sort of like the counter theme, I guess. I'm not sure what you would call that, Bryce. Anti-theme. Anti-theme, yeah. Yeah. Feeling that not only himself, but Ray too, is destined for the dark side, after enhancing their relationship through the dyad, Ben is left with nothing after Ray rejects him. He lost the light in Episode 7, and he has found nothing in the darkness in Episode 8. He has now become a Ronin, a Jedi with no allegiance or guide in the Force. Um, and then I also just had some, like, oh, no, I also had this whole, like, paragraph. You guys already heard this. I don't know how this movie is going to end. I want it to end, like, sort of bittersweet. I don't want it to have as dark of an ending as we already got in um, Empire. Seven? Oh, Empire. And, uh, like, I don't want to do the traditional second movie thing with, like, Empire and Attack of the Clones, mainly because we had, like, a big dark ending. I remember when we were, like, talking about episode seven we we're ha- yeah. we we're talking about episode seven now being like a big scary ending where you know we it is uncharacteristically to... dark of an ending for uh, the first for movie the first movie but i think it's a good way of like going about it because we're coming from this very peacetime era yeah and we're watching it get get destroyed so yeah. it makes sense for it yeah. to be a, it does a, a bit of a downer ending so i'm yep. hoping for maybe a bit more of a an upper ending but still some sad moments by the end uh, and then random crazy ideas. Mm. I put out that Phasma should be the Knight of Ren, and yep. all her yeah, like right. yeah. lieutenants are the the knights. The knights. Um, Poe Dameron dies in a dogfight. I am <laughs> imagining him showing up in this movie and, and then, then dying, dying in yeah. this movie. I think it's perfect. Um, you need more, to give him lots of screen time. More for progression for Finn than anything <laughs> yeah. else. Yeah. And uh. Also, yeah, something that's a bit contentious for Mello, especially. Yeah. Poe flies a modified E-Wing. Ah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. I famously think the E-Wing looks fucking ugly. I think um, it's cool. And all you you Legends fans are going to attack me in the comments. You E-Wings if you do. fans, boys. Yeah, but it just doesn't look that nice. I wanted an old ship, and I think like him doing the modifications, similar to how he did the mod- modifications for an X-Wing, mm-hmm. to oh. his X-Wing, but I just don't want an x-wing oh, i don't want an x-wing either. no i get i feel you for sure um, and an a-wing is boring to me yeah right uh <laughs> sure uh so so when you say not modified e-wing now i just had that thought a modified e-wing does that mean it could you can modify it to not look like a sad ugly? dog yeah i want it to still look like a sad dog why it has this like jet fighter aesthetic but still enough that it doesn't feel sad jet fighter aesthetic yeah, sad feel fighter. too much exactly like a jet fighter if the wings were directly horizontal it's just a jet it's just a jet mm. and i'm not interested in that i like the the wings pointing down similar to the gunship it's cool it's fun the gunship is cool because it's 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 sharp angles the you E-wing know? is sharp angles. No, it's a it's slope. Rounded. It's curved. It's rounded. For it's anyone who's confused what we're, sa- what, what we're saying, go look up the E-wing. It looks like sad dog ears turned down. It's sharp angles turned into a curved shape overall. Right. It's an okay. overall yeah. curved shape using sharp angles. And also, okay. it re- it reminds me of something from like Star Trek or Battlestar Galactica, and I don't like Star Wars those. being compared to those things. <laughs> I like the E-wing. Anyway, outside of this <laughs> discussion about ships... Um, Sandra, I like quite a lot of those ideas. Yes, hence sure. why I've stolen them. Yeah, and they're mine now. Um, 
But I um, I noticed, just to point out some interesting things, we've talked about the Gendai a lot. You didn't mention them at all there. You also talked about Kijimi quite a bit. That's kind of like your big fo- uh, focus location. Yeah. Um, and I think there's something else as well that kind of like differs. Coruscant. Coruscant. I'm flip-flopping after hearing some of your guys' yeah, pitches, yeah. but like, yeah. I'll, you know, I'll contribute to that we'll, when we'll we get, get to those. those. I think thematically, though, you're onto some really cool shit there, especially with, um, with the way that Ben ends the film and ends the story and stuff. My yeah. only current issue is Exegol stuff. Yeah. We'll get onto that because there's some really interesting Exegol stuff coming from you too. Yep. Yeah. All right. My version of Lord of the Underworld. We Lord begin... of the Flies. Sorry. <laughs> just like, now I hear it. I just hear, I hear that now. We begin with Ben Solo training with Darth Talon, who will be introduced retroactively in episode <laughs> seven. That's right. This movie, we don't, we don't, we, so we make episode seven, we don't change anything. And then this movie opens with a like, just fucking amendment episode seven. Ah, uh, imagine doing that. Anyway. George. <clears throat> No, I was thinking about fucking Palpatine. I was thinking about Dooku. Oh, Dooku, yeah. Uh, Anyways, Ben wants to gain the power he needs to get his revenge on General Phasma. That's his goal. That's his kind of starting motivator. And that's what Darth Talon offers to him. Kill, kill, kill. Kill General Phasma. Yep. The light reflection of this is Luke training Rey aboard the Radis in the ways of the Jedi. Not on Arc 2, on board a spaceship. While there, Finn calls Leia and reports from the ground on Kijimi about the First Order's presence there alongside the New Republic. They're both there squabbling over kyber crystals. Mm-hmm. Yep. Both are interested in the kyber crystal caves and the mining operation on Kijimi. So that's kind of where we're beginning the story. Our characters all converge on Kijimi. Uh, Finn following leads with his new partner, Chewbacca. Uh, Ray going on a quest to find her crystal because she needs a lightsaber. She's going to build it mm-hmm. on screen. And Ben trying and failing to bleed his kyber crystal. Yep. That's kind of how he's starting off. He wants to cross that threshold, but he can't yet. Ben and Finn both cause trouble. Not sure how yet. Uh, forcing Ray to quickly finish her trial, assemble her lightsaber, and escape Kajimi. Mm-hmm. Big explosive kind of first act action sequence that brings all the characters together. Um, and then they maybe split up. I'm not sure exactly. We move into the next part. Uh, Finn's investiga- investigation leads the story to a crime faction planet. We're going to come back to this in a second. I don't know anything about this planet. Where we dive deeper into the underworld. Here we meet the Gendai, though we don't know it straight away, and our characters are trapped within a Thunderdome and forced to work together to escape. So similar, honestly, to Attack of the Clones, but there's enough ways we can spin this to make it dissimilar. Yeah. Have a gladiator match of some kind. you you got to have that balance. Thunderdome... I, I've come in. I'm coming around in Thunderdome. Yeah. I just do want to make sure it's like sort of within that fun and games area. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, it's yeah, around yeah, like yeah, the midpoint. Yeah. Oh, and this yeah. this exactly is the midpoint. Uh, ben gets his chance to kill Phasma, but fails. Okay. Later on, he kills a different character, perhaps Poe Dameron, if he's in the story. Okay. A choice that torments him and drives a wedge between him and Ray. So this is the moment that Ryan Johnson wanted Han Han's death to be. Yeah, where right. it really fucks him up inside yeah. and makes him super conflicted because he's yeah. like, I've done the thing that is awful and I feel twisted mm. and I feel like it's the wrong choice. Yeah. So now I don't know yeah. what I'm doing. Yeah, it just to shouldn't do. have been quick question. His dad it should have been killing his dad. Shouldn't have been in episode seven. Quick question. So your act one in Kajimi, how does that end? I'm not like, sure. Okay. Gotcha. <laughs> well, it it ends with like um, I'm not sure what causes the action scene, but it ends with Ray putting together the lightsaber and escaping and getting away from the fight. But we know Kajimi from Finn's investigations yes. run by the Gendai. No, not no. necessarily. Okay, That's gotcha. the mining operation. The investigation leads further down the rabbit hole to this crime planet. Gotcha. That's why they're there. Okay, okay, okay. And so while they're investigating, they get caught up in the Thunderdome, that big fight mm-hmm. and everything, and Ben gets a chance to kill Phasma and fails. Uh, despite Luke's counsel, now we're heading into the third act, the investigation uh, leads Ray to Coruscant where she must navigate the abandoned megacity and explore below the ancient Jedi temple to find the Sith temple beneath. 
She encounters Force visions and specters of the dark side and must confront her origins and learns there about yeah. uh, being a Force child of Palpatine. Ben goes on a similar journey, this time forcing his kyber crystal to bleed uh, in an imperfect way, something we've talked about before as well. Mm. We get that like imperfect crackling crystal, which yeah. we all agree rocks. Yeah. Ben and, Rey's, ben and Rey's mirror journeys conclude with a confrontation with the Gendai on Coruscant. Meanwhile, Rey has left behind Luke, um, and Finn returns to Arc 2 to help him defend uh, from the First Order, uh, who have come to kill all the younglings and wipe out the Jedi. Bruh. Which feels tacked on here, and I think it's one of these tricky things I'm struggling with, where it feels like a, a right part of this trilogy, but I'm not quite sure where to put it. It yep. may not fit in this movie, I'm still not sure. <laughs> so Ben going to Arc 2? No, sorry, Luke and Finn. Oh, Luke and Finn, gotcha. Are on Arc 2 defending the younglings. I get the Luke, it's just like Finn... Yeah, it feels weird, right? Yeah. yeah. Who, but, sorry, who, how'd they get to Arc 2? How'd they, how'd they find a way to get there? That is a good question. <laughs> oh, okay, sorry, yeah, I was, I was <laughs> That wasn't you, something so I put in there. Yeah. No, that's true. Um, and then Ray and Ben defeat the Gendai, and Ben feels more lost than ever, once again, caught between light and dark. Mm. Ray has learned her lesson, but too late, and discovers... Uh, returns to discover Luke is in a coma after the big battle. Dang. So yeah, that's kind of... What I've got, like, structurally, you guys are asking a bunch of good questions. I don't have that connective tissue yet. No, I don't have, gotcha. like, the, the the bridges between each of these acts and these parts of the story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm just imagining kind of, like, these these events almost sort of, like, in sequence. Yeah, yeah. I get you. I, I almost feel like out of, like, necessity for what feels rewarding to an audience, if mm. we're having an investigation character, yeah. he should be... Be the one who cracks the case and gets to the end. And yes. finds the Gendai. Yeah. Exactly. But it felt weird having Ray and Ben confront the Gendai with Finn there. That doesn't feel like the right thing for me. I don't know. Mm. So that's I, why I was kind of like confused. You're gonna, yeah, if you're going to reunite the hero trio, there's got to be a reason for yeah. all the trio to be there. What yeah. I was thinking was potentially that Finn cracks the case, tells Ray, and then he's like, but it doesn't matter. Like, we don't have time. The First Order are going for the younglings. I have to go and defeat Phasma. Like, that's where my story's going. And mm. Ray's like, well, my story's going this way. And so they kind of have like a parting of the ways sort of thing where Ray makes the wrong decision the same way that Luke did. I'm confused i maybe i think i just missed sorry you, you talked very fast and I, I oh sorry i lost like processing at a point there why does ray have to go into like the sith temple in coruscant um she's probably following a similar journey to ben where she's like the the hints or even a similar journey to the last jedi where she wants to know about her origins where that question has been raised earlier on in the film gotcha. and she wants the answer to that question right okay and so then unrelated train, to the gendai unrelated to the gendai the gendai is manipulating the underworld he's the lord of the underworld yeah um and so with that investigation luke is trying to teach her and say i was once exactly where you are now and Mm. i made the wrong choice i lost my hand and i didn't gain anything from it yeah don't make the same mistake i did and she chooses anyway to to leave and then that you know leads to bad consequences yeah right okay kind of thing so that's kind of what i was going for there um again Mm. i understand you guys being lost there's not a whole lot of connective tissue that's true that's true yeah yeah nice so where do you see ben ending ben ends similar to where you put him because he's gone through all these trials he has killed someone he has bled his crystal but it's imperfect it's an imperfect bleed and he's the wandering ronin at the end of the story and so when he when we pick up in episode three i want the beginning uh episode episode nine to be them trying to bring then back to the mm. light. And that's kind of like their quest that they're setting out to do. Mm. Because he doesn't have a purpose anymore. He's just lost and confused. Yeah. Okay, you know, I, I really... I Yeah, I mean, obviously I like that. <laughs> but um, I feel like Ben versus Ray should be our red versus blue in this yeah. movie. Yeah. Um. So like having them confront the Gendai together kind of feels a That's strange. a good point. Because I did have it in my mind as like a battle with the Gendai because he should be physically very like fearsome. Mm. but yeah no you make a good point 
that it should be them fighting each other in like a battle for a battle of wills kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. No, thank you. You make a good point. Um, and also, I think it also helps enforce this lesson that to Ben, the duck, like Ben relying on the dark side too much and realizing that it, it all comes to nothing. Yeah. There's this line from when Maul dies in Rebels, which I'm now coming back to because I'm thinking about it a lot, which is uh, Maul says, like, look what you've become, nothing but a rat in the desert. And Obi-Wan says, look what I've risen above. Oh, uh, um, I forgot how hard that line hits. fucking hard line. Great. And it's, it, it, yeah, it goes really hard, but I, I feel like that's the lesson that Ray teaches Ben in that fight and causes Ben to not even know what he relies on anymore. Yeah. And just, yeah, like question everything, have yeah. real no like foundation of what is true. Where should I go? What is yeah. my, what is my destiny? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I like that structurally. Obviously there's like a lot of work to do there, but I think a lot of those set pieces really, uh, really compel me. I'm really excited about those set pieces and the potential of Kajimi of the, the crime planet. And then of Coruscant, mm. like those three things to me are really like standing out as like, fuck this rocks. I yeah. want to, I want to make this happen. Well, shall we? Yes. Uh, now the earliest thing I remember writing to do with episode eight was being inspired by Mad Max. Okay. Um, hence this, you know, this idea of Thunderdome. Yeah. No, Thunderdome um, I took from you. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I'm a little thief boy for nah, episode eight. No, nah, no, nah, do it though. Cause it's so much fun. <laughs> and just, I was, I was going to note before it's like, you know, with something like that, it's like, yeah, you try and make it distinguished from Attack of the Clones whilst bringing in that, what that new inspiration is, but also like, you know, there is that visual repetition all throughout Star Wars. Yeah, absolutely. And, like, and they, really they, they repeat these it. motifs yeah. and use a lot of the similar ideas. Great way to link to the to the prequels there. So yeah. just quickly, you mentioned yeah. that Max. This is also a potential for us to bring back that early version of Jakku. Yeah. There was like this rust planet with the scrapyard yeah. and everything like that. Mm. And it was becoming really evocative, but we've moved away from it story wise. Essentially, yeah. So to bring that back like visually I think would be cool. Gosh, too. Rust Town. Do you remember when Ray's Dude. mom had a red lightsaber? I remember it fondly. You can't stuff up like that. <laughs> <laughs> I remember the Luca Hulk city. Yeah, uh, Luca Hulk city yeah. rocks. That yeah. was cool. So, Rust Town. It's very cool. Just visually, it's, yeah. Uh, Rust Town. Uh, so key inspirations I've got for this. I've, I've written some. Uh, so Mad Max. Mad Max, I'll just go the entire universe. Um, Indiana Jones. Yep. Uh, and The Godfather. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Actually, yeah. No, yeah, I mean, yeah. I can see yeah, where yeah, The Godfather's get, yeah, coming. Yeah, 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 we know. Um, yes, identity and failure are the key themes I'm exploring here. Gotcha. Learning harsh lessons through failure. So yeah, some. I some really re- want to bring that failure thing back. Absolutely, as well, it's like, so strong in Last mm, Jedi. Here's the quick thing on the Last Jedi. Yep, because we have spoken so much about this. It's movie a com- it's a complicated film. It is. We have complicated feelings. But it's like, okay, if you don't like the movie, can you at least acknowledge what they were trying to do? Yeah, you know, and at least acknowledge that it had something to say. Yeah, you know, <laughs> as opposed to the different. other two. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Um, yes, it loses you with maybe an entire two storylines of the film yeah. but the one the main storyline but that Rashomon so storyline so good so close <laughs> yeah anyway um, so some retroactive stuff for episode 7 was the fact that there is this uh, former apprentice Darth Maul Darth yep. Talon who I have renamed because remember we, we were have, doing this thing about, we have been talking about like what does the Sith mean and like what is the name yeah and I propose that if she's here she's not a Sith she's yeah. different she uses the red light side but she uses the dark side so I've proposed simply name change Lady Talon. That's cool. I actually Lady fuck with Talon. that. Yeah, Lord, you know, fun. Lord and Lady. Yeah. That's Lady, cool. Lady I like Talon. that a lot. Yeah. So after at, at the the ending fight of Episode Seven, that Ben and Luke have, I had this this idea that Luke falls from a great platform or something, and, and Ben, you know, it, it it gives enough distance between the two of them that Ben's able to, you know, presume him dead. He knows he's presume not dead. Presume him dead. Okay. He knows he's not dead. In you know, truly. Okay. But he can. He's presumed dead, and so uh, Talon does the thing of like, you know, Ben, you know 
join me. Come with me. Uh, and you know, together we can go defeat Phasma. He's just like mm-hmm. she sure. take she takes a, a note out of um Sidious's books and just out of nowhere starts saying the Jedi they're taking they're over. over. <laughs> apart from <laughs> apart from that one that just fell from the platform. Yeah, <laughs> um, good lord. Yeah, Phasma and Talon have been in league, and Seven will establish that that's a whole thing. And then it seems like you know they've both betrayed each other at the end of Seven. It's all just you know. Secrets and very much still working out how Talon fit features into yeah. episode seven. I have yeah. a fun thing to bring up after Miller's okay. bitch. Well, yeah. Uh, but in eight, look, Phasma and Talon are still in league. They're just keeping that from Ben. <laughs> okay. okay. Talon's leading Ben on the entire mm-hmm. film. Interesting. Just to use him. That's their whole plan is to use him. Like but it. then also, like, well, this thing I'll do in nine where it's like Phasma's been using Talon the whole time. Oh. There's a whole super, like, sort of Palpatine esque web of. Bullshit. Yeah, I um, think there's an interesting thing we get from Talon from both of both your two versions, where there's you introduce Talon, and that's another source of information. Yeah, but now we have a few different key sources of information. We have Phasma, we yeah. have Talon, we have uh, Luke for like the Jedi perspective. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Um, we've, we've got Law Santeca for the, the Jedi Law, perspective. Law Santeca. Fuck, I forgot. Yeah, um, and each one of them sort of needs like a piece of information that the other one has. Yeah. Or like they're sort of relying on getting something from them and yeah. in return trying yeah. to use it against yeah, that's them. That's it. If all of these people uh, settle their differences and put their heads together, they could solve... They could rule the, the galaxy. climate crisis. Oh, um, or that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, so Talon's always planned on betraying Ben, though Talon sets Ben off on his journey through this film. Okay, so... We begin this film with our heroes on an espionage mission to a Kyber planet. We're going to call it Kijimi. I'm going to steal from you guys once again. Brilliant. But some amendments to Kijimi. I had the idea that this Kyber planet is a monarchy, one of the last monarchies Mm. in the time post the Empire, because the Empire did a really great job of destroying them all and putting in their governors. Hell yeah. Um, It'll be a new planet, one we haven't seen before. Uh, And it's kind of, you know, it's not been known for long uh, that that it's a Kyber planet. I think maybe just the Empire knew. Mm. So, uh, the planet is in the midst of negotiating Kyber mining between the First Order and the New Republic. Both sides have a navy occupying the space above. Our heroes must open by stealthily navigating through there. And I thought maybe we even have a ship, something that we've only seen once before in Star Wars. Maybe we have a cloaked ship. Mm. Mm. Cloaking technology. It just feels wrong. It is in Star Wars. (laughs) It It is canonical. I'll give you, like... A gold star for trying to introduce tech, new technology. Yeah, though. yeah, yeah. Like so that is which. What's the cannon cloaking ship? It's in Clone Wars. It's an experimental ship that the that the Republic uses in one episode. Yeah, but no one's ever used it before. And then they wait. No, but no. Wait, skewer it right into wait, a. What the fuck? I'm stupid. Sorry. No, they've been name dropping cloaking since Empire Strikes Back. When did they do that? The the, the Falcon disappears, mm. and they're like, it, it's off. It's off our scopes. That's you know that's impossible. No ship that small could have a cloaking device. Ah, we've just never seen it before. Yeah, they just haven't really done yeah. it because it's, they're it's all not, invisible. Yeah, look, it's not a big deal. I'm just saying, like, it's 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 a funny, it's a, it's a fun, cool little way to introduce our characters into this. Like, hmm, there's a big there's a big battle that both of these two warring sides would love to arrest our heroes. Just quickly, as a potential like pitch and add on to yeah. to to bring that into the story, it would be interesting to have someone like Poe Dameron. It's like, oh, hey, this Poe Dameron guy, he mm-hmm. has the ship. That has the cloaking tech. He has like the experimental one or something like that. Well, the I will. Experiment. That's why we're gonna, okay. That's why we're going to work with this guy. Oh yeah. Well, I will, like that. I will introduce him later. Uh, but here's a character who we could just write from the right from the get go of the film. A character who I've never actually put in my story yet. Babu Freak. It's Babu Freak. Well, okay. I was waiting. I was waiting. <laughs> Babu Freak could have a cloaking ship. 
Babu. Oh, you think just Babu. Uh, so we, or the cloaking engine or something like yeah, that. Yeah, so yeah. He's Here got an empire yeah. that has to be a large ship. Yeah. So do you this, think it's... This ship is not a big deal at all, by the way. I'm just saying... No, we've kind of focused cloaked. on something stupid here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but it leads to Babu Frick. All roads lead <laughs> all to Babu Frick. Frick. To Babu. All roads worth walking lead to Babu Frick. <laughs> yeah. You know we should do this? Because we're calling this season two. We should restructure the, the be board behind us. Picture of Babu. So that everything leads to Babu. That's genius. That is genius. Oh, that's brilliant. We'll get to <laughs> that later. That, please. Oh, okay, both sides have a navy occupying the space above. Our heroes get to the planet. They yep. must create a distraction and get the king alone. It's just he and Phasma, and obviously Phasma's inner circle, but basically, you know, that's an inner circle that's not penetrable. They have what they need, the location of the Kyber weapons dealer mm. slash manufacturer. Ah. Right. Yes. Uh, fun little thing. Within this opening, we have Lucas trying to get Ray to use mind control on someone, but she's struggling. Uh, he helps her and eventually gets it. This whole, like, you know, you know, try it again, try it again, you know, you know, more feeling, more feeling, you know, like, you know, don't, don't think about it as much. And then eventually she, she gets it. Funny little bit of, yeah. It shows race progress too. Yes. So they cause their distraction. The negotiations explode. The first order and the new public are fighting, not to mention all these public tr- protests in the streets of those who are for and against it. Everything boils over and our heroes are thriving amidst all this chaos. Nice. They manage to get the king alone and they get the location. Whilst on the planet, Luke and, and Ray, you know, the heroes have to split off to go do shit. Uh, Luke and Ray experience an oracle because this, this who's kind of like pure of the force or something. As the planet is, you know, it's rich in Kyber. It's got a strong connection to the force. This oracle in kind of like a Ben Kenobi on Hoth sort of thing directs right. them to Coruscant okay. um, as kind of one of their key goals. And key goal for this film will be unlocking secrets to defeating the darkness the plot know? is that way yeah literally <laughs> Go forth. yeah so that's what i've written for now i would love to try and evolve this so it's not so yeah. dumb um, <laughs> <laughs> but it's the <laughs> but right now it's the easy solution yeah, I gotcha. and we're early days yeah but ray and ben's minds are obviously linked and so first time getting to see him in this film yep. he also experiences what she's talking about ah yeah ben who's in this nebulous state he's off with talon and he's training in unlocking the dark side that's you know he's 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 willing to tap into it he's not going full dark side he doesn't want to go full evil okay uh but he still has the same sort of hubris he had in the last film where he thinks he can be in control of of this darkness obviously that's not true and it will consume him and if he lets it get too far but yes he now has his heading the same as they do all roads all roads lead to coruscant and that's what we find out from the king of this of this planet the uh the the person who the the carbon manufacturer lies in the depths of the post-apocalyptic destroyed city of Coruscant. Uh, Luke and Rey, they all, they all head there. Luke and Rey part ways with the others in pursuit of the old Jedi temple. The rest of the heroes attempt to covertly investigate the underworld, but are caught by Poe Dameron, who's part of this, this grander network uh, that is run by the Gendai. Mm-hmm. This, you know, this nebulous figure, mob boss, weapons manufacturer. I was trying to find the answers of how to have this character like talk to our main character's through the film before he really gets to be a villain. And I liked your idea you said of like, you don't know it's him. Yeah. You go into this big room of people and it's like the big mafia table. Everyone's talking. And the guy who's like writing notes, that's yeah. the guy. Yeah, like, that's, that's the that's guy it. masterminding yeah. everything. And then, you know, our heroes might be like, you know, where's the Gendo? Where is this guy? Ah, you'll see him eventually. <laughs> yeah. He's in red. Uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, but they, Leia wants to, you know, um, wants to meet the leader, wants to meet the Gendo. But they say they must pass the test before they do so. And it's a Thunderdome-style cage match yeah. uh, with Leia, Chewie, and Finn. How Leia, Chewie, and Finn. Thunderdome Leia, Chewie, the and test? Finn. Sorry? How's the Thunderdome the this test? This is how their archaic 
culture runs. Okay. If you survive the Thunderdome, you may talk to the big bad leader. No one gets to talk to this guy, you know? <laughs> no one gets to talk to this guy. And even still, as I said. That feels more like a no one talks to him, and if you want to, we throw you in the pit. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. then you die. Yeah, then you, yeah so because no one talks to him. we want to throw you in a pit. Yeah. yeah. He, he arranges meetings with you. Oh, yeah, we've got to keep, you know, it's, it's entertainment for people too. Yeah. yeah. He, he, talk, he arranges meetings with who he wants to, not vice versa. Yeah. The, the, the pit feels like a want, not a need, if you know what I mean. I see what you mean. <laughs> we'll work on it. But I tell you no, now. No, 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 no. Not for us. Oh. I mean the people. Oh, okay, okay. okay. Oh, no, dude, absolutely. I think for the riders. The they don't need the, the pit. The people want the pit, and they use it as an excuse to go see the Gendai. They're like, oh, you uh, want to see the Gendai? Well, we want to see you in a pit. So yeah. <laughs> Maybe it's something he's instituted. But I also like the idea that if Phasma had already had Kyber technology, she would have had to meet the Gendai. Therefore, she would have had to have survived the fighting pit herself. Ah, I dig that too. Oh, yeah. that's cool. That is yeah. cool. And so what they'd have on the wall, this is bullshit, in the sports bar <laughs> is highlights of her cage match. <laughs> when you The one victory. When yeah. you defeat ten thousand goons, you get like a free what what like you you know, free drinks for life. Yeah, you know how like a steakhouse will have like an eating meal and yeah, they'll give you yeah. like some cutlery or some shit. Each other, what yeah. do they give fast? I beat the rancor and all I got was this stupid shirt. <laughs> That's <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah, you get a t-shirt. I survived the fighting pit. I survived pit. the pit. I survived the fighting pit, the Coruscant fighting pit. <laughs> This is a serious suggestion. No, it's not. It's not. <laughs> Back to the real story. This is going to take forever. Okay, so <laughs> Ray and Luke are making their way through the temple. Yep. Ray and ben, Ben's also made his way to the temple, parted ways with Talon. Then Talon's linked back up with Phasma. He's like, yo, we got a tracker on him. He's going to show us where to go. Let's let's go. Yep. And then Phasma gets to the planet as well. Yeah. Yep. Like real splinter squadron. Uh -huh. Perhaps the Knights of Ren. Yeah. Who so, fucking knows? So this is very much like, yeah, when you say the inspiration of like, Red is the Lost Ark. Yeah, Indy Jones. Yep. It yep. is like yep. the, the villains pursuing, getting yep. ahead. Yep. The heroes pursuing, yep. getting ahead. Yes. And mm. the... Yeah. In case it wasn't obvious, all this, like whilst we're on Coruscant, this is all second act. This is yep. fun and games. This is all this stuff. It's very much when, um, like, Indy's at the bottom of the temple and Bullock is, like, looking down. Bullock! He's like, oh, thank you, Dr. Jones. You led me right to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That. Oh, okay. So Ray and Ben are communing with through the Force the whole time. She felt betrayed by him leaving. Uh, he hates that uh, he left her. They are, But they are rekindling their friendship. A slight tinge of romance. <gasps> yeah. No. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes, motherfucker. Romance. Raylo? It's not even Raylo anymore. It's it, Ren. How dare you? This is the second movie in the trilogy, and that's always where the romance Ren, is. Ren, 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 it's Ren. It's not It's Ben Solo. Oh, I guess. Yeah. Now we could... What did you say you wanted to be? Hooray. If you... Ben what Ray. If, what happens if you put Palpatine and Solo together? Oh. Halo. Payload. Anyway. Okay. Payload. <laughs> <laughs> no. yeah. So yes, the villains are also navigating through the temple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ben doesn't know obviously that he's being used. So, a moment that I thought was perhaps a good place for the midpoint after the fun and games, or maybe this needs to happen earlier. Ray and Ben both bleed their crystals. They both have an opportunity within the temple. They both do. They both do it. Remember, mm. there was this scene where they're doing it at the same time. Okay. And you know they're communing through the force, and they're and they're building their lightsabers, and it's this great moment. But there's something real different about it. And this is why I was thinking maybe the midpoint, because it's, it's, a, it's a, oh, maybe earlier. Again, I need to really look at the structure. But it's something that indicates change and difference and something unique within these two. Yeah. Because Ray's lightsaber is an off color. It's a kind of a green blue. It's a, something a bit different, a bit confusing. And Ben's is, I was always thinking this like deep purple maroon, not red, but like he's, he's, he's really teetering on that edge, you know? So yeah. these, these things visually to show, you know, points of difference. 
to what we've previously previously established. So at some point, Luke has an argument with Ray because this whole like you know search for identity. She's coming to this place searching for the same thing they're both looking for. You know, secrets to help you know dis- destroy this darkness, but also she's motivated by like such as was in the film a search for who her family was she's never really thought about it but the more that she's learning about the jedi the force the more she's learning about herself she wants to know um but it's come coming from this place of selfishness you know uh so yeah so luke and ray have an argument because she's seemingly willing to use the dark side to get there the allure of the temple the secrets of her heritage they're all there and it's forcing her to unlock her own inner darkness so she runs away from Luke and they become separated, not because of the temple just doing, you know, not because of the plot forcing them to be separated, but because of their own actions. Eventually she does find Ben though. They venture deeper into the temple. They work together to overcome some adversity. And I had, you know, the idea of, because we spoke about this, fighting a monster, but I was thinking like a Balrog sized monster, like draw inspiration from that scene in Lord of the Rings. Uh, but without their lightsabers, okay, that's, that's very crucial to me for, for later on. Uh, if we but, uh, fight a Balrog, I want to see them cut its arms off. I know you do. Though. I know yeah. you do. Yeah. Anyway, continue. Yeah. But uh, anyway, it's obviously they make a good team, a powerful team. Ooh, I wonder where this is going. Villains close in will comprise of a few different things. It's uh, Ray and Ben learning of the Dyad when they reach this, this key point in the temple and freaking out. Phasma and Talon also closing in. And then with that other plot point, it's um, the fact that the Gendai has finally been like, you know, okay. Enough is enough, you know, here's my revelation. And I had the thought that uh, he sends ten- henchmen to assassinate our heroes in their sleep. Mm-hmm. I don't have too much for Finn's plot, but his whole thing is about becoming a leader. I'll get back to that later. But, you know, I want to set him on this path of, of leadership to take us into episode nine. Um, he's also befriended Poe. They're, they're starting to start to see eye to eye. Um, I like mm. the idea that, you know, whilst Finn overcame his first order stuff in the last film, he might still hold internal biases as to, you know, like the fact that the First Order always held themselves in higher regard than the rest of the underworld. Yeah. And so here's Poe, who's this, this henchman of the Gendai, this real, like, scummy criminal that he would just look down on, and he's starting to understand that he's a human. Yeah. There's more to him there. Although I still have him as an alien, actually. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, villains Bill, close in. Uh, when, when Ray and Ben discover they are a dyad because of their lineages, Ben wants them to unite and that together they can help conquer Phasma and Talon. He wants to be rid of Talon as well. Right. Uh, Ray is afraid of what she may become. You know, it's a be careful what you wish for situation. That was the whole thing that Luke was trying to teach her. Uh, and she rejects, rejects Ben. He tries to stop her from leaving. But as in his past, his anger boils over and he physically stops her. The tension builds between the two until eventually lightsabers are drawn for the first time. And she sees the, the maroon, this almost red. And, you know, the fear has really set in there. So they fight. She does manage to escape. Uh, in tandem with, with Ray and Ben discovering that they are a dyad, it's, it's them, you know, both combining their force powers, using the force, and what it basically creates within the temple or what the temple gives to them is kind of like a holocron or a wayfinder. It's not, I don't want it to be too MacGuffin-based, but it's basically something that gives them directions, and perhaps it's just within their minds, but it gives them directions to Exegol, this, yeah. this ancient Sith planet mm. that Coruscant is linked to. Um, which, as we'll later find out, is is the the thing that the this this planet that is basically a uh, like Starkiller base, but also like Exegol as it was in the film, has the ability to destroy planets that inspired the Death Star. Yeah. Um. That 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 Palpatine wanted to you know see to tell the Geonosians, hey, can we make the plans for this thing? Mm. Can this actually happen? So after the, after uh, Finn and and uh, Ray part ways, 
the uh, the outcome of their you know their their hubris, their mistakes is that phasma and by extension talon get a hold physically of these directions to Exegol. Yeah, so, you know they've they've completely failed. So Luke and Ray do join up again, make their apologies, and they have to go help Chewie, Finn, Poe, Leia fight their way out from the Gendai. And by this point, Finn and Poe have rallied some of the more downtrodden members of the Gendai's regime, and they all combine to overthrow their wealthy overlords. They do manage to defeat the Gendai, but he's this, as it turns out, Joker-esque villain, where um, by this point in the story, Phasma's gotten what she wants, the directions to Exegol, and also Hux, uh, at the other place in the galaxy, will have won over the favor of, of um, the king on hmm. Kajimi, has access to this Kyber now, and the the New Republic has found their way also to Coruscant when when talking with the king and have come in during the climax with so much stuff going on and invaded and and you know basically get what they want out of out of the Gendai as well. So the Gendai dies surrounded by our heroes, but he he dies laughing like a maniac because as he reveals to them, it was initially that character from Last Jedi, but not in a really shit way. Um, just like playing both sides but playing both sides where he just mm. sees he sees the heroes and he sees the villains as exactly the same and he sees his death as completely inconsequential yeah you know, he's happy with the choices he's made in life he's happy with the money he's made but you know now both sides have this greater technology and both sides have a greater way to tear each other apart and there will always at the end of the day be someone like him someone in the middle to profit whilst these two sides for eternity rip each other apart and he dies quite happily knowing that so our heroes do leave that planet in a state of failure. Phasma is able to get to Exegol, and we have maybe a little visual tease of that place for the first time. Ben has parted ways again, and he is also, as you guys have both said, in this really unbalanced, unsure state. He's no longer with Talon. He's lost Ray, and he's completely just lost and alone. And Ray has learned a really harsh lesson and suffered the consequences of that. Yeah, so. sorry, it took a long time to get there. My <laughs> my my first half of the movie is a lot more defined than the second. Yeah, half. no, it it was really nice, like hearing all of your stuff, for especially like the Kajimi stuff and mm. then yeah. the Thunderdome. It was a lot more of like a, it was almost like beat for beat exactly what I had in my head. Yeah, but like just more fleshed out, like how we're getting to each of these scenes and that kind of yeah. thing. Um, yeah, but as as things go on, this this film gets crazier, <laughs> so it's hard to yeah. keep track of. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, but yeah, so that's. I feel like after those three, it's very clear kind of like the directions we're heading in, the themes and tone mm. and like the, the locations and how much underworld stuff we want to bring into it. Yeah. We're um, not, we're not far off, I think from, you know, combining. Yes. Really. No, absolutely. Yeah. Um, but I do want to jump into some other like more niche topics in, Please. in the context yeah, yeah, yeah. of yeah. episode eight, obviously just quickly touching on episode nine, what we, I think. I think we have like the least amount for episode nine, but I think something we agree on is it is the battle for Exegol. Whoever gets Exegol mm. wins the Kyber War. Yeah, it's the is how I'm seeing it. Yeah, but it also makes sense. Mm. It's you know that's the that's the grand villain and yeah. the grand weapon at play in this trilogy that we've tried to set up because it is this nuclear war we're talking about, and it's like whoever controls the nukes controls the galaxy. Yeah. Um, so, so it makes sense that we've gone from like episode seven. There's one weapon. Yeah. Episode eight, it's uh war for Kyber crystals, like as a resource, and also Kyber weapons as yeah, a resource, stockpiling weapons. War for that tech. Yeah. yeah. And then episode nine is war for the use of the ultimate Kyber weapon, which yeah. is you know Exegol. Yeah. And that'll be our kind of like 
our Cuban Missile Crisis. Yeah. You know, yeah. Our, the, both sides will have the opportunity to fire. Yeah. And who will do it? And yeah, and Leia's goal and the hero's goal is to just stop that entirely. It's like to get, to make sure the Cuban Missile Crisis never happens. We don't want mutually yes. assured destruction. Yes. Um, in, case you, in case the audience is, is you know, just, or they're obviously hearing this for the first time, in case they haven't looked at it from this perspective, our heroes are hippies who fight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But on the topic of Darth Talon. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I feel yeah, like we need yeah. to jump in and talk about Darth no, Talon. for sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Can we talk about Talon? Let's talk about Talon. Let's talk about Talon. I, here's my pitch for Darth Talon. She is the opener of doors. She is the seer of the stars. Yeah. And she doesn't have personal motivations. Yeah, okay. That's how I'm seeing Darth Talon right now. And I think that's something we've never seen before in Star Wars and only in Kung Fu Panda 2. With the goat lady, the played by played by Michelle Yeoh. Yeah, she doesn't have. Oh, she has like a motivation. She wants good to win in that movie, but she doesn't do anything. She doesn't yeah. actually make any action. She only tells people the future. I like what you're saying. What you're talking about though is like a a physical manifestation of the Force itself. No, sort of. Yes. Yeah. But she's become that because she's like seen ancient Sith law. She's seen like some giant Cthulhu beast, and it's like cracked her mind. Yeah. Um, it's kind of how I'm imagining her as like a very Lovecraftian yeah. sort of character. You're pitching her as the Oracle character. Yes. Yeah. And so when she's interacting with Ben, she's only doing it in service of getting him to the point where he is contemplating the light and the dark and he is facing his own destiny. Yeah. She's doing it almost as though like as, as Yoda does to Luke and showing like, here's the truth. Here's the path before you. It's up to you what you do on that path. But it's the darker version. Yeah. Of it. So if what you're, if, if I'm understanding what you're suggesting is that she has a less active role in the film yes which is what i want yes I'd no i i yeah. realize that that is exactly what i want That's, if any yeah. anytime she's doing anything it is only in service of getting characters to a point yep. where they have the paths to choose from that's great That's her yeah. goal. i just want to make it make sure that it's not like a it's in a plot device way the same way that i said you know like i said like the oracle thing was the best i had for now yeah because yeah. Mm. it's kind of silly to just tell characters what to do yeah same deal, you know, as long as we... Yeah, she can't be, like, too active in it and yeah. stuff. And I think taking inspiration from the Oracle from the Matrix, because she's fucking yeah. incredible, um, and the Soothsayer from Kung Fu Bender 2, and having the characters who are less involved in the story but have somewhat of a motivation, but it's their motivation is tied to other characters. That's yeah. what they care about. My only, like, qualm with that yeah. qualm. is um, a character that's had, like, their brain broken yeah. through ancient Sith lore, I, I just don't imagine being the Oracle trying to lead everybody towards good. Um, I didn't say that. You, <laughs> yeah, you did yeah. say that. No, I said Dark Yoda. Yeah, Dark Yoda. I, oh, I was I using Yoda as an example of, like, oh, he okay. only shows Luke, like, here's the path before you. You should choose the good one. She would do the exact opposite. She's only interested in showing people the paths, the most interesting paths. You oh, know? okay, okay. That's okay. why she's around. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. No. No. I definitely want her to be leading everybody towards the the darker side. The darker yeah. side. She's Dark yeah. Yoda. Yeah. Is Dark how Yoda. I'm seeing her. No. Yeah. yeah. Very cryptic. Very speaks in riddles. I'm very much for that. But I've like I don't want her to have a grand plan. I agree. That she should be minor. But like I feel like her goal should be to have Exegol get used. Here's the thing. Picture this. She knows that there's the possibility that if Exegol's used, Palpatine could come back. She doesn't care either way. But she knows that like the dark side would be powerful if that were to happen. And so if she lines up the the beans, <laughs> the the dominoes, so that they fall that way, yeah. she'd be happy. But there's other ways the dominoes could fall as well that she'd be happy as well. So she doesn't really care. Mm. That's how I see it. And she thinks that's interesting. I feel like having Exegol as, like, Exegol needs to get used as a motivation for her would be interesting. For me, it's more like she knows it's out there. And if it if the dominoes fall that so that Phasma fires that button, 
she thinks that's awesome. She's never going to fire it herself. Is how is I, I hope that explains mm. it maybe a yeah. bit better. Um, but she was also though she's got to she's got to have an influence on the mindset of of Luke and Ray though. Yeah, like she's got to how so. Like what, um, do you, what do you mean? By like that? in terms of like, so in order to point them also in the same direction, uh, does she have to at some point communicate with them or like you know tr- try and get inside their heads? Obviously, Luke's whole thing would be like not to listen to her. No, it's bullshit. But also, yeah. he'd have that shadow of doubt in his mind to be like, oh, this is dangerous. I know? think she's going through Ben Solo. Okay, yeah, I think I that's kind of her vessel. There being too much interaction between her and Luke. So when Ben finds out about Ray's origins, it's probably through her. Okay, would be my yeah. guess. Um, yeah. and then that's of. That's a form of her manipulating Ben so that Ben will talk to Ray and then Ray will be manipulated yep. too. Right. She can see all the dominoes. She knows how everything will fall. So that's why she's saying certain things and leaving certain things out because she wants like, she doesn't care exactly what happens, but she'd be happy if the, if the evil thing happened. If Ben is conflicted and does come close to the dark side, that brings her joy. I think if she's a conduit of the dark side, presenting herself as as not that to Ben initially is, is yeah, a smart play. That's why like, he would believe her. Yeah, but then like her. slowly and slowly just kind of getting darker with him. Yes. Um. Yeah, I, th- I think her overall goal just has to be for evil to prevail no matter what. Yeah. But like the stronger the dark side gets, and this is why I feel like she would want Exegol to get shot, is because the stronger the dark, like the more darkness there is in the universe, the stronger the dark side gets, the stronger yeah. she inherently is. Yes. I think for me, though, that's why I find her so interesting is because she, I don't see her as necessarily interested in power. That's, uh, that's why she's kind of confusing. It, yeah, it just doesn't make sense for a Sith. I get she's that. She's not a Sith. But that's why she's, she's like not a Talon. Sith. Yeah. That's Lady why Mello and I have both agreed we don't want her to be a Sith. I've just been calling her Darth Talon as just like a, yeah. a handy like thing. It's, I right. think Lady Talon's like, really good. Lady Grace. Talon's interesting. Star Wars fans might be on a train of thought though, I think where Sandra should... is, where the dark side is, 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 as George has set up, is meant to inherently be selfish. But she's just going to have to be different to that. And I think... We'll have to develop her in that way. And this is the kind of writing that I love, and I find it very difficult, but it's really fun. Imagine that you know you're going to live for the thousand years. Mm. And let's say, if you were to shoot Exegol now, bad things would happen. The dark side gets more powerful. But if you were to shoot Exegol in, in 500 years from now, and mm. even more bad stuff would happen, but you have to not shoot Exegol now, you would not shoot Exegol now. And that would immediately look like you're good. But long term, you're much worse. Oh, it's an investment. Oh, okay. She's just a. She, I'm not saying that's exactly stocks. what it is, yeah. but it's like if you can't put yourself in the frame of mind of someone who is very different and sees the galaxy very different to you, sees time different, it's hard to see how they're evil. <laughs> and like, that's why it's weird. I'd like her to be quite old. Yeah, no, she will be quite like old. Elderly. Yes. And blind. And I think and blind. Oh, that's and cool she can fuck, see the actually. future. So basically, Madam Web. Oh my God, oh my she's God. Madam Web. But the real Madam Web. <laughs> the real one. <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> Fuck. No, old blind oracle is the classic. Like, old blind oracle, but I, can she still be a Twi'lek? She can oh, still yes. be a Twi'lek. I absolutely but want her to sexualized. be sexualized. No, not sexualized. No, no, she's old. She's an old lady. You Twi'lek. can be old you and hot. Sexualize okay, people. Okay. <laughs> it's a Helen Mirren. Go yes. sexualize your old people over there, guys. <laughs> anyway, I hope that uh, it's I complicated, but it's. Yeah. I hope that clears it up a bit more. That's kind of what I would love to see from. Lady yeah, Talon, which I, I really like yeah, the name, yeah, yeah. by the way. Well, yeah, um, I d- it's funny. I didn't need to name drop Madam Web because when you think about Madam Web and you think about what we're talking about, Madam Web yeah. just stole from Greek oracles. Exactly. Yeah. We're just yeah. going to steal from Greek oracles. Exactly. It's that same kind of archetype and it's that same kind of archetypal writing that Luke, Lucas loved and used for Yoda. Yeah. Anyway, so that's mine. If anyone, like, feel free to jump in. I think there's some cool lore there. It's weird that she's pro dark side and then, uh, like, obviously not initially trying to get power for herself. Yeah. I'm just trying to like think of ways you can spin it because it's there for a reason. It's there for a thematic reason why the dark side is selfish. Yeah. And I don't want to go against that theme. 
I'm just trying to think of like how you how you'd spin it. Maybe it's just more beneficial for her to not be the one doing all the dark dark deeds and just persuading everybody else to do. And I think that's what sets her aside from someone like Darth Maul or Darth Sidious, mm. where she doesn't need to be the main character. Yeah. She knows, like, um, Varys from fucking Game of Thrones. Mm. If she is the spider, like, the master of, of, of birds and stuff, master of secrets, yes. she can manipulate things more by not being the center of yeah. attention. And I love that kind of character. We, we, it, I think it might all come down to her, her motivations. Yeah. Because, we could, yeah, we can... Um, it's an obvious statement. Because, um, <laughs> well, well, we can just look into her personal history a bit more and I think adjust things. So if she was a student of Maul, Maul who learned to hate both the Jedi and the Sith and wanted to see both destroyed, yeah, her plan for manipulating the dark side to be powerful, she knows that the force does not, so the, the light side does not destroy, the dark side destroys. And so yeah. if her plan is to try and strengthen the dark side to a point of galactic destructional proportions... That's her fulfilling her old master's wish, fulfilling this lifelong journey she's been on. Using the dark to destroy both to, to sides? destroy everything. Yeah, I right? gotcha. Just, That's just, interesting. And a real chaotic villain in that sense. And also quite mirrored to the Gendai. Interesting to have. I was almost yeah, very neutral. similar motivations, yeah. you know? I was almost thinking because the Darth Maul thing would have been so long ago yeah. that it doesn't even matter to her anymore. Mm. Like, sh- she's just so, she's just cracked at this point. Like, it's not like a matter of revenge or like fulfilling any, like... Definitely not revenge. That's definitely not it. I yeah. agree with you there. But I don't think, I think his mentality can still have affected her and the way she's changed over the years. Those as, like her a foundational... formative years. Yeah. We're thinking, right. I was always thinking she was like 15 yes. when she was his yeah. apprentice. She was young and impressionable. Yeah. Mm. And so she, and he created like that foundation of thought and philosophy but I oh, think okay. I agree that it's definitely not a revenge story. She doesn't care about revenge for more. Yeah. Just destruction. But like, yeah, his philosophy formed her philosophy in a way, I think. As like a parent would. Okay. Right. Well. Um, and yeah, so it's this kind of stuff that's like very tricky, but I'm, I'm really, really excited about her. But also like well, chaos, just general chaos and, and causing just like evil and disruption in the world is very following in the, in, with the path of like the Macbeth, you mm. know, like the three witches at the start. Yeah. But then mm. also like, you know, the, the three... Sisters who sew like death or whatever in Greek yeah, stuff. The, we were trying to fit, remember what that was the other day. They are all about creating chaos and death. Yeah, so. and they they revel in the misery of the mortals yeah. whose lives they're like, "Here's your destiny," and then they watch them struggle to get out of it. And the yeah. exact steps they take to get away from that fate lead them to it, and they love it the whole time. Yeah, and because they're twisted evil old ladies. That's, That's the stereotype. That's mm. it. Um, but yeah, I wanted to talk about Darth Talon for a bit. And if you're listening and you're skeptical about it, I hope that makes you feel better. I hope you're like, oh, that is an exciting character. Not Darth. Yeah, yeah Lady Talon. <laughs> um, but we've also got other things we can dive into. Just a quick one. The Finn and Chewie buddy cop yeah, I am obsessed yeah. with. It's I don't fun. know how it's going to quite work yet, but I think just if you just saying those words makes me happy. So. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. Oh, yeah. You know, obviously I'm wanting to bring Poe into the fold more. Um, yeah. I'm not sure about that. Yeah. You, guys, you guys were having Poe be this character who would betray Finn. I was thinking that he could be. I'm no longer thinking that. Yeah, you'll you'll come around. But I want to see Poe die. Yeah, <laughs> I want to see Poe die as well. I, I think see... he needs to be brought in and then die in this. I want to see Poe die next film. Okay. I want to see him be our, our stakes death. Yeah. In nine. And I didn't hate what you were messing with as well, Melo, where you said that if he is, you know, a spy working for the Resistance who has infiltrated the underworld, having having him die in that film as like a showing that you know, underworld characters and characters who are born in like horrible circumstances who Mm. are in the life of crime, showing them as more relatable or showing them as like just human people or like relatable people and then killing him. Yeah, (laughs) it's it's savage. But then the other point that I can 
can see with if we run with something more like your guys where it's like yeah you think he's coming around and then he dies that's perhaps a more brutal maybe more realistic way of looking at like that circular nature circular nature like circular like, nature yeah, of the, of the life of, of crime where it's like once you're in how do you ever that's get it. out of you it just, yeah you're and gonna die that's a real pessimistic way of looking it at is, it boys it um yeah, i personally my favorite version so far is that he is a resistance pilot who is secretly controlled by the underworld but controlled by the gendai yeah and so as he leads them through um into the underworld and he gets them trapped there then he betrays them yeah. and reveals that he's a, a double agent that's my favorite but we'll keep working on poe um now like i didn't touch on it in this one but like because I don't want it to play a controlling interest, like Sandro like pointed this out last time. But like I've toyed with the idea of the 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 diet is a prophesized thing. Yeah. Yeah. To me, okay. I don't want fate to be the controlling factor. I really don't. Um. But the the idea of identity within these these characters and the fact that the dyad, therefore their lineages, uh, their you know destiny is a part of their identity, does play a role. I think so it I can can't play not a role. talk about it. I just don't think it needs to be used as a plot device. I feel like I'd rather have the dyad be something that just exists and not be some kind of like prophecy, not yeah. tie into any like activation to Exegol. And I like think that. I just... never wanted anything specific to do with. That. I think I think you can just say like you are the. Force child of Palpatine, you are the grandson of Vader. You are linked together, yeah. and that's it. That's all you really need I to can say imagine out loud. Like that being a Talon, a straight up thing. a line from from Lady Talon. And I think having here's what I want, Mello. In the same vein as the Dyad Destiny stuff, I want Darth, Lady Talon's Destiny stuff to be to feel exactly like when Luke goes to Vader and Empire Strikes Back. It feels like a fated thing. It does. It feels like, and no one has said this is a prophecy. No one has said anything like this. It is just like. You making this decision is really important, and you've fucking made the wrong one, and you've lost your hand. Yeah, you know, like it's it it feels important, but it isn't stated to be important. That's fair. Um, that's yeah. kind of what I want. To I, do with I get what you mean. Stuff. The the one thing I'd I'd I wanted like that I'd uh, I pre pitched you guys was that uh, the dyad when the dyad has 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 been this thing that has occurred in the past, the dyad brings about great galactic change. Yeah, right. And I wanted to plant the seeds of that for stuff to go into episode nine because I have a episode nine plan that i wrote in tandem with the episode eight plan yeah and i think this is just a personal preference for me but i think the story isn't strengthened by saying that out loud you can just show the dyad and these two characters have directly by their actions caused huge galactic change right. okay I guess and if so yeah. you want to be this you know nerdy little neckbeard with a pair of glasses on going Meh, and you're reading through all the the manuscripts and the comics and everything and you go oh the dyad caused great galactic change that must be like this prophetic thing I made fun of nerds there. That was unnecessary. <laughs> if you're passionate about it, like no, no hate or anything, but that is, that is for you as opposed to on screen saying this prophecy will cause this change. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's my yeah. personal preference anyway. Yeah. And it's weird for me to, to, to be in favor of it. Cause I don't like prophecies, but that, that's what I wanted to do was have a, a prophecy that doesn't come true. Yeah. And that's why I like uh, Lady Talon, because she can see where the dominoes might fall, and she wants this one path where Exegol is fired. And when it doesn't happen, she'll probably be frustrated. Like, that's what I want. And it is that destiny of, like, oh, this horrible galactic change is coming, oh. and you're going to be the, the hand that presses the button or something. Yeah. In 9, does Lady... I, I imagine Lady Talon making it to 9. Yeah, but, so. yeah, but yeah. I always had okay. Phasma just kill her off really <laughs> early on. <laughs> Do you, you think she could crack? And just, like, just break snap. bad kind of thing, and, like... just. Like, I'll press the fucking you say, button. You say break bad? <laughs> break bad. Yeah. Break bad. And like, like, she's already, like, I know she's already cracked. Yeah. But then, like, just cracked to the point where it's like, I'm just going to kill people now. Potentially. Can she kill people? I want, uh... okay, bear with me on this one. I want her and Luke to have a fight in okay. episode seven because she is 
giving Ben time to do something that Luke doesn't want Ben to do. Yeah, just pursue and kill Phasma. Something like that, yeah. yeah. Just like buying time, something like that. And then the moment Ben has done what needs to be done, she stops fighting Luke and leaves. <laughs> and she's like, I've done what needed to be done, and yep. then leaves. Yep. And, and that's how we get our red on green fight. <laughs> I really didn't want her to be a part, like, or even in the room for the... Uh, the Ben versus Ray fight. And I think I've thought of like a thought process for her that kind of works where she's like, and like maybe the first stumble in her sort of like way where she's like, oh, okay, I'm going to have the grandson of Vader and I'm going to have this forced child of Palpatine fight. No matter what, this is going to be a win-win. One of them is going to kill each other yeah. and become immensely consumed by the dark side. Yeah. And then it, things don't go away when Ray refuses to like kill Ben or mm. do anything yeah, to Ben. Yeah. 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 And that's, that's cool. She's like, chosen the, the life. Stump yeah. in her plan. And then she gets to episode nine and she's like, well, you're both still alive. That's annoying. That sucks. <laughs> 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 gotta go back to the drawing board. Yeah. I imagine she's, she's in her bedroom, right? She's just got this whiteboard. <laughs> she got, has this board. This, yeah, yeah, she's this, got this, this board, mind map. This exact yeah. Board. yeah. Now there's something else I wanted to bring up as well. Um, the Gendai and the mystery crime world. Yeah. Mello, I was hoping that you'd have a pitch for what that world would look like. Yeah. The fact that it's Rust Town repurposed, I love. Yeah, I cool. fucking love yeah, yeah. that. But, um, but, but on Coruscant. Coruscant is oh, post-apocalyptic. You want it to be on Coruscant. Okay. Yeah, sorry. That's what I was saying. So uh, for the audience, early, early on, I, I thought of introducing post-apocalyptic Coruscant, which was destroyed in the final days of the Empire, basically abandoned by everything other than the Gendai and it and right. Gendai society. So here's my counter pitch for that. Yeah. Have it be Rust Town as a planet. It's like desert kind of scrappy planet. Okay. Um, and the investigation More leads them there. I'm, I'm happy with that. The investigation okay. leads them there. They investigate there. The Gendai is there in secret. No one thinks of Coruscant because that's where he's hiding and no one lives there at all. It's like a completely abandoned wasteland. There's no like actual crime organization. And that's just because I still want Luke and... Ray to go there is that just what they explore? Yes, the temple. Yeah, Yeah. cool. So that's kind of where I was coming from. No inhabitants is also great. Yeah, I Mm. wanted Coruscant. I've been imagining Coruscant as like uninhabitable. Like it's like completely like a a post. Got to wear masks while they get there, but then when they get down beyond the depths, they're like it's breathable. Oh, it's breathable. Yeah, something like that would be cool, and something like monsters of some kind roaming the streets and that kind of thing. So it is this like very barren, very unforgiving location. Yeah, as opposed to the somewhat habitable. Like obviously, like very unwelcoming, mm. but it's still like a livable planet where yeah. it's like the 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 rust town or yeah, scrap cool. planet. Well, we could bring it back, boys. Look at that. That's my Isn't pitch that for that, and then that also helps us keep to the Star Wars thing of having like a planet or a mm. meteor per location yeah. kind of thing. And then yeah. how's about that this? Helps. So we've got then three planets for this film. So far, three. Yes, which would I, be this. there's space for a fourth. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it would be yeah. You only ever really, ever really need three. I think is the average. Sometimes there's a fourth. Oh, no, you're right. In the prequels as well. Yeah, no. I, when I was outlining each of the movies, there's usually like four key set pieces, like, yeah, but they don't yeah. need necessarily be four yes. different planets. Some of them are double so, up in the same planet. Yeah, what um, are they? So but, but for this one, it's just really fun. They're all wastelands. You've got... Well, Kojima's not a wasteland. Yeah, but, but it's, it's, it's kind it's, of like remote. Yeah, it's but it's, you know, it's like the Himalayas across the entire planet. Yeah. Snowy, rocky. Yeah. And, and in the depths is, um, is mines and shit, you know? Which I love. Yeah. That is yeah. awesome. Then you've got... An abandoned urban planet, yeah. wasteland, you know, destroyed city across the entire thing. And then just a desert junkyard. Oh, yeah, desert junkyard. And then, yeah, Coruscant of, like, abandoned ancient Coruscant. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then also tiny bit of Arc 2. Are they still training in your guys'? So, I don't have Arc 2 in the film. So, yeah, Arc 2, I'm not as certain on because I think, Melo, I really liked how you started with Ray and Luke is they're doing the mission first. Mm. Because, really, Luke should be doing two things. 
helping Leia out with the mm-hmm. resistance and keeping the younglings safe. Yeah. So He's if we're not in the action, if we're not seeing him keep the younglings safe, then he has to be in the action. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a good way to start yep. uh, movie two. So it's basically just throw them to the wayside and the you know we name drop line implication. But you can they're being defended somehow. Yeah, with like Law Center is watching them for the day yep. while yep. Luke is here. But you can infer that Ray has been there training. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And we show that through her abilities. Yeah. And I think we also like set up like security droids in episode seven. Yes, like we Luke, Luke had yeah. training droids and stuff there. Yeah, that's definitely on the cards. Yeah. But yeah, I think a lot of this is looking and feeling neat and tidy. I would love to hear um, some thoughts. If anyone sends their comments in, we're always very curious. Um, Can we call out people who who often say they'll leave me comments but then don't? Um, Yeah, you can do that. James Yates. (laughs) (laughs) Send us your comments. And just a quick final note. I'm loving the dyad stuff with the lightsabers. There's so much potential there for their journey being reflected in their lightsabers and the crystals and how they're like cracking or colored and oh did like you that. like the color yeah colors. i like that yeah. i still think it needs like some i've i have some ideas for that yeah, i want to throw out yeah, as well yeah. but um in terms of like their journeys with their crystals and their lightsabers and stuff i think that can be a very core part of their journey because yeah. we haven't really had a chance to see that no, properly on screen and i think with these two characters in this dyad yeah having their lightsaber journeys yeah. reflect that as well yeah. is really interesting and going specifically like developing their connection a lot through their force booty calls <laughs> yeah <laughs> say it was that bad um but also like as Sandro told us last week when we were talking about this early um those sort of like jedi temple go on your force journey adventures that you only find in in clone wars and rebels we haven't seen in the live action before yeah exactly i think there's an opportunity there but Thank you so much for listening. This has been Fixing the Sequel Trilogy. We're here every month talking about Star Wars and writing and all sorts of things. You can find us on Instagram, YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Give us a like and subscribe, et cetera, et cetera. Next month, we'll be back with probably more of this. Yeah. We'll see. We haven't exactly defined it in yet, but we'll be definitely doing more work on episode eight between now and then. So we'll see you next month. Until then, may the force be with you.